with all that has been going on in the world right now, I know that as teachers, our heads are spinning. We've taken on new roles we weren't prepared for. We're taking on all the roles at once. We are now online educators. We are homeschooling our own kids, some of us. We are housekeeping. We are trying to keep ourselves and our families safe and healthy. We are working from home with coworkers who are really impatient and you know my toddlers are not the best co-workers right so this is a time where we are adapting to this change and we are trying to do it fast and I want you to give yourself some grace if you have been working on your business and all of a sudden you're feeling really overwhelmed by all of the new roles you're taking on I want you to just take a minute to set your boundaries around your work, figure out what you are doing, what your plan of action is, figure out your spot in all of these new roles, and know that you are in a fog right now that will eventually lift. It is going to get better. You are in that messy back to school season, right? But but it's not back to school. It's this whole setting up of our online classroom. So you are in that same crazy time period that we're in in August and September where we're trying to set up our classrooms and communicate with parents and set expectations for students. We are doing all of that right now with online learning while we're trying to figure out what's expected of us, right? It's a huge undertaking. So please don't underestimate that. Give yourself some grace to figure this all out and know that it is going to get better just like it does in October and November in the real school year. Things will start to settle down. You will have space to think about your business again. You may already be in that spot where you've set your boundaries around what you're doing for teaching and you've set your boundaries around how to help your own children and how to spend time with them while still letting them be independent. Um, And then you may be ready to think about your business again. And I think that's coming for everyone. There certainly is a need from teachers all over the world right now for digital products, help and tutorials for uh, using digital and online spaces with their own students. And so if you are willing and able to meet that need, bless you for answering that call. Uh, teachers need need us to help guide them through this. We need each other. And so I, I honor you for answering that call. And I have more respect for teachers than I ever have had in the past Um And I'm still muddling through all of these new roles myself. So I thought this would be a good time to bring on Jamie. In fact, I pushed out a couple of podcast episodes and asked Jamie if she would come on and talk to us. Jamie is a former elementary school teacher who has turned into a stay-at-home mom and now shares her toddler activities and her resources for before nap time and after nap time. And she's really great at balancing working from home with her two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. She does all kinds of activities with her, and she still finds time to create for her business and to market her business. And she focuses on meaningful play with her daughter. So I wanted her to come on the podcast today to talk to all of the teachers who are now working from home with children. Even if you don't have children, but you're figuring out some sort of new role as you're working from home, I think this episode will be really beneficial for you. Jamie walks us through some great scheduling tips and tricks, ways to set boundaries around our work, ways to adjust to this whole working from home life, 
And I think this is going to really set you in motion to be able to think more about your business, to free you up from the fog so that you can start to think about how you can bring in additional income during this time. Because by the way, you are in the right place to bring in additional income. Unfortunately, we know brick and mortar stores are really struggling right now. And it is a very scary time for them. Luckily, we are in the right place with an online business that there are many opportunities opening up for us. So I want you to get to a spot where you can think about that again. And I think Jamie is going to help us get there. So sit back, take a deep breath, give yourself some grace and enjoy this time, this next 20 minutes or so, or maybe we went longer with the interview to just figure out how to set your schedule and settle into this new normal. How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for taking a chance on me. I'm a fifth grade teacher, toddler mom, and serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and bringing you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We are going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. All right. Thank you, Jamie, so much for being here on the podcast. We're excited to have you. I know that all the teachers who listen are suddenly finding themselves at home for an extended period of time with their kids. And so we're very anxious to hear all the ideas from a fellow work from home mom. And so before we start the podcast, can you tell us a little bit about your online business, your journey, what you do and how you got started? Absolutely. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much, Alyssa, for having me on. I am so excited to be here. I am an avid listener and a huge fan, so this is really exciting for me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, sure. I would love to just go in a little bit about my background. Um, My name is Jamie Anuzi, and I am the blogger uh, behind Teach, Talk, Inspire. I actually started on Teachers Pay Teachers about seven years ago. So I've been selling on Teachers Pay Teachers for a while, almost as long as I was a classroom teacher. So I taught in New Jersey for seven and a half years. I taught one year in second grade and then seven years uh, in first grade, which has my heart. Mm -hmm. And we decided to move to Florida um, during my eighth year of teaching, actually right after I had my daughter. So I had come back from maternity leave. And then we decided to move and leave um, New Jersey and head down to Florida. And now I stay at home with her. Um, But the amazing part about Teachers Pay Teachers and what this has allowed me to do is I can still stay connected with educators and teacher moms. And even though I started my Teachers Pay Teachers journey sharing resources that I created for my students, it's evolved now with my life. And now I don't just share resources for teachers in the classroom. I also share resources for moms at home, for teachers who are looking to educate their children at home, or just provide some sort of entertainment 
entertainment and activities for them while they're at home on the weekends or after work. So I share toddler activities, preschool activities. Um, so that has really evolved with my life. I started off sharing teacher resources for first graders, and now I share activity ideas and resources for my daughter and other toddlers at home. Yes, you are my go-to person when it comes to toddler activities. Anytime I need something, I go to your Instagram page and I get inspired. And when I get worried about doing a sensory bin and the cleanup behind it, I send you a message and you reassure me and tell me it's okay. Just get my vacuum cleaner out. We've got this. We are really all in this together. Yes, totally. Totally. <laughs> and want all the tips and we're going to get into the tips for the toddler moms, the preschool moms, and just moms who are going to be teaching at home in general. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about scheduling. What now that we're kind of faced with this new form of our day, a lot of us who were teaching and we're now going to be home for an extended period of time, we may possibly um, have to do online teaching, online learning for our own classrooms, plus keep our own kids entertained and give them some sort of academic support and kind of keep up with our business. So do you have advice for scheduling our time uh, when we've got all of these things to balance? Can you help us? <laughs> <laughs> I think the first thing I want to just put out there is just for everyone to give themselves some grace because yeah. this is an absolutely unprecedented time and we are all just trying to do the best that we can. And I know that teachers in general are always doing the best they can because for their students, for their kids at home and moms do as well. So I think we just have to kind of hold on to that mentality that we are doing the best we can yeah. and one step at a time. But in terms of scheduling and trying to get the most out of your day, I really think the best advice I can offer is continue with your teacher mindset planning ahead. When I became a work from home mom and staying home with my daughter after being in the classroom for so long, I never let I never lost that teacher planning side. And I think that that has really helped me with my daughter with doing our activities at home with being mindful about our day. And I think that I would say the same thing for teachers who have this sudden new workload on top of their shoulders. I think that the best thing you can do is continue to plan ahead. So that might be on a Sunday night, just like you would do for the classroom, plan ahead with chunks of time for your day. Um, every, every child, whether they're your own or the kids in your classroom, are going to to thrive off of predictable routines, just like we do. So you almost have to lesson plan your day for yourself at home, your kids at home, and your kids in the classroom. And I know that that sounds like an enormous amount of work, but it will benefit you in the long run. So what I've done with my online business, as well as planning activities for my daughter, teaching her at home, and sharing with people online with my followers is really taking the time the night before to plan out what my day is going to look like. What activities am I going to do for my daughter? I set those up before I even get in my pajamas for the day. So just so I know the morning, that morning, we're ready to go. I also will take a long range project that maybe I have for my business. And maybe this is for teachers who are responsible for 
their classroom students' education already, maybe they are planning for the night before for that as well. Mm -hmm. um, I also have to recommend, and this is so hard for me to say because I'm not a morning person, but waking up early, just like you would do to go to work to get yourself ready, but wake up before the kids so you have a minute to yourself. That might be to breathe, to have a cup of coffee, or it might be to get started with some of your work without your kids waking up and being on all day long. You're so right. We're not going to get a minute to ourselves unless we set that alarm clock. So I think I'm going to have to force myself to do that, but totally worth it. And I think same with showering, showering and getting dressed. I feel like if I don't get up early enough that that becomes then I'm, you know, the kids are wanting my attention while I'm trying to dry my hair. And then I've even lost that 10 minutes that I had to myself. Exactly. It's yeah. so true. And it's, I want to say that there are other ways you can go about that, but the easiest way is to do it before they wake up. Yeah. Really yeah. And you will see the benefits. So I highly recommend that. But um, just with that predictable routine is having chunks of your day where you know you can focus on work, like maybe when you wake up earlier before your kids and then at nap time, and then you have to plan out what the rest of your day with your kids are going to look like too. I feel relieved just in thinking about planning because it mm -hmm. gives me just something to wrap my mind around. Like you said, chunk up the day. And I almost like that there are not just chunks uh, for the kids, but that I also have something to look forward to for myself. So I did do a mock-up schedule of what my day might look like on a dreamy, perfect day. Uh, and I try, you know, one of the things that I really struggled with losing with the extended school closure, and this may seem silly, but the podcast on my way to work, I listen to a podcast every day on my, I have a very short commute, but on my short commute to work. And that was one of the things that I was thinking I'm going to miss out on now that I'm home. So in the, in my plan, um, I put in, go for a walk and turn on a podcast for me. That's amazing. Motivates me to get out and actually move and get walking. The kids will love it. And then it's like, Okay, at 10 o'clock, I have my time for 20 minutes. I love that. The plan just makes it all so much better. It does. It does. And I have to say, when you're talking about like time for yourself that you schedule, something I try to do, and I, and I know that we'll talk more about this because you reference it all the time. I'm talking about it's in your, your brand name, but nap time <laughs> hustle. Yeah. So as much as I want to constantly hustle through nap time, I make sure that the first five or 10 minutes of that nap time hustle is my time. So whether that's going to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> or putting on a podcast and just kind of taking a minute, yeah. I need that like five to 10 minutes of that nap time hustle time. That's, that's my time. Yep. Because if I just rush right into tasks or rush right into work and then she gets up, my daughter, before maybe I want her to, or that nap time hustle isn't as long as I think it's going to be, I didn't get any of that me time. So that's another piece of advice I want to offer anybody who is trying to juggle all of these things at home right now is have that first five, 10 minutes of your nap time hustle for you. 
Yes. Maybe eat. I do yeah. go through the whole day and feel like when I'm home, I, I forget to eat. And all of a sudden it's dinner and I'm cranky because I didn't eat anything. Yep. Or you're standing over the sink with like peanut butter and jelly scraps. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Take anything. <laughs> so what during that nap time hustle, what do you do? Do you do tasks around the house? Do you work in your business? Do you set up an activity for the afternoon? What's your typical routine? So I have to say a lot of what you mentioned is what I do, but something I do recommend that I had to learn early on was the cleaning up and the daily chores for the house, like laundry, vacuuming, dishes. I try and do while she's awake and I try and do that around her because if I save that for the nap time hustle for that one or maybe two hours that I have to really focus on my online business or set up activities that I want to share, or even write an Instagram caption, or, you know, be able to have some silence to share different activity ideas that we have on Instagram, or that, sorry, that I have during the nap time hustle, I don't want to waste that time emptying the dishwasher, or putting a load of laundry in. So what I've tried to do is almost, as cliche as it may sound, but involve her in those daily chores. So uh, before we have breakfast, we empty the dishwasher from the night before. And she does that with me. Uh, Laundry, she can throw the laundry detergent pots in with me and she loves to press the buttons. But I try and get her involved in those chores so it doesn't take away any time that I could have to myself to focus on my online business or maybe for teachers to uh, focus on their on their classroom students the right. few weeks. So that's a that's a big mindset shift I had to learn from being. And I think it's good for the kids too to see us doing things to not always be relying on us to be playing with them. That's a big mistake I always make is feeling guilty <laughs> if I'm not spending every second playing with my kids and they need to see the, those kinds of things happening around the house. And I also learned the hard way that a 45 minute nap which we oftentimes have goes by really quick when you're, when you think, Oh, I'll just throw in a quick load of laundry. And then all of a sudden they're awake and you're like, that was my whole time. (laughs) That's all I did. That was it. Yep. Yeah. So I like that advice a lot. And then the other thing I try to do at nap time for the nap time hustle is again, I try and plan little tasks maybe the night before or try and plan this out for the week. What am I going to do during nap time? So I'm not, standing there for 15 minutes being like, oh, should I work on Pinterest or should I work on a blog post or should I do, you know, I have goals in mind already that, okay, when it's nap time, after my little five minutes to myself, like this is where I'm going and this is what I'm going to do. I love it because you can so easily get lost on different, going down a rabbit hole of things. It's not really moving your business forward. And when you've got that limited time, you've got to make sure it's spent well. You do. You really do. And that's a lesson I learned the hard way of sitting on the couch and scrolling through Instagram. Oh, that can definitely (laughs) take the whole nap time. And sometimes we have to do that, right? Some days we have to do that (laughs) as long as it's not every day. So how do you deal with, we were just talking about uh, kind of independent play. That one is a struggle for me and how I can sometimes feel guilty if my kids see me working. So sometimes I'll try to break out the laptop if I'm trying to get a quick task done while they're playing really nicely on their own. Uh, But then I feel guilty because I'm not right there on the floor with them. So how do you deal with the guilt that comes from 
being a work at home mom and, and being on your laptop while the kids are kind of watching you? That's a tough one. Is I feel like whether you're a work at home mom, whether you're at work outside of the home mom, with just mom, mom guilt is going to be yeah. there regardless. Um, but I think something I try and do, I'm, I'm working on this myself, is that I try and do like 10 minutes on, 10 minutes off, or 15 minutes on, 15 minutes off. So oh, I like that. Try and give her my full attention for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. I'm on the floor, I'm playing in the sensory bin, or I'm doing the activity with her, we're reading a book together, or I'm recently, she has gotten very into playing airplane. She loves mm -hmm. to check in with stamps and play airplane. So that's what we do. And then I try and set her up to do that on her own. And I say, okay, mommy's going to be sitting here for a few minutes. What are you going to be doing? I play airplane or I play babies. Okay, great. I'll come play in a few more minutes. So I try and like fill her bucket first. And then I don't feel as bad when I'm doing my work. And I want her to see mom working too, because it's, it's a great thing. Like her mom is, is being here and, you know, I'm able to be home with her, but I'm also meeting my own goals and filling my own bucket too. And that's important for her to see. So try that 10 minute on 15 minute on 15 minute off seems to be working. I like the way you also told her, you know, mommy's going to be working. What are you going to be doing? I think sometimes I try to make that transition without saying anything. And then my little guys are kind of wondering what happened. You were just playing with me and now you're not. So I like the way you kind of made that, that apparent to them so that they can see the switch and they realize, okay, this is my time and this is mommy's time. I really love that. I'm going to try that tomorrow and let you know how it goes. Well, listen, these are all things I've had to learn the hard way. My two and a half year old, she is, she, she is a talker. We have, and we have to talk through everything. I have to explain to her the how and the what oh. and why. And, and then she's like, okay, all right. That's oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. It is yeah. cute. But sometimes, sometimes you think, oh my goodness, we she can end is, this now. She is my boss. Like I might not have I a boss, that. but she's my boss. <laughs> she's the real boss. She really is. So we have moms probably of all, all kids of all ages that are listening to this podcast. Uh, but I want to talk about the toddler moms for a minute, just because that's where I am in life and, and I need all the advice. Can you give us the breakdown of sensory bins 101? I struggle with sensory bins because I feel like it's going to be a mess and I don't know how to keep them under control. And I also don't know how to even stock kind of like the basic materials. So what do I need? How do I get set up? How do I manage them? What's the basic for sensory bins? Or like the why? I get that a lot. And yeah. I don't understand because when I first started doing activities with her, I it, sensory bins were new to me really too. I, I didn't really utilize them in the classroom. Um, I had only heard about them through other friends. So it was definitely a new topic for me and something I had to research on my own. And then I started to do them with her and I was like, oh, okay, I'm uh -huh. getting this now. Uh, but basically Sensory Bins 101 are carefully selected materials. So you, it's not just throwing things into a plastic bin and saying like, here, be busy. Um, of course, we want them to be busy and we want them to be engaged, but it's really an activity that is going to stimulate all of their senses. Um, when with these young toddlers, they learn through every single sense. They learn through touch and, and smell and 
everything. And these sensory bins engage them in so many different ways and allow them to play creatively, which is a huge bonus and something we want for them. So what, how I like to think of sensory bins are always, um, what material am I going to use and what what am I trying to get out of this? What are my expectations? What do I want her? Again, the teacher side never leaves. <laughs> mm -hmm. What do I want her to gain from this experience? So I mostly just use uh, household items for our sensory bin fillers. We use dry black beans. We use rice, either white rice or we dye them. I've dyed rice with her before, which was a bonus part of the activity. Uh, we use stale cereal. <laughs> we use, um, let's see, we use crinkle paper, shredded paper. We use, uh, you can use cooked spaghetti. And my all-time favorite sensory bin filler that I will use over and over again is water and maybe a touch of soap to keep it interesting. Um, so once I have that filler, I think about what is my goal? Is my goal for her just to have some creative, dramatic play? And maybe I'll add um, some sea animals to a bin of water and a little bit of blue food coloring. And we can talk about the animals in the ocean and then she can just play creatively and have fun with that. With my sensory bins, I try and keep a smaller plastic tub inside of a larger plastic tub. That way it kind of contains the mess a little bit. I also like to use a towel underneath or um, I have seen people use shower curtains, like plain plastic oh. shower curtains okay. underneath them. Also to give them guidelines. You cannot get, this is, this is your zone. This is right. your zone that you can play in. Um, and I have to say the first, not even the first few times, so many <laughs> of the first couple times that we did this, there was a lot of reminders, keep it in the bin. Mm -hmm. If we can't keep it in the bin, we're going to take a break. And then I did. I would take the bin away from her if she was throwing things or if she was just not really utilizing how I wanted her to, we would put it away, take a break and come back to it. A lot of the times, so though, I realized that with sensory bins, I think a lot of moms want it to be a way for them to cook dinner or they want it to be a way to have some time to work. And if you're not modeling that and teaching that, then your kid is not going to understand that. So the first few times you do a sensory bin, you do have to get on the floor with them or next to them and model how to play with it. It's completely new. Uh, so that took a long time too. But there are so many benefits if you do put in that time. And you can kind of use the same philosophy as the 10 minutes on, 10 minutes off for that. You can play with them for 10 minutes with the sensory bin and then walk away for 10 minutes and come back and see, you know, how they're doing with it. Or start, start really small, <laughs> two minutes and then two minutes away. And they're in training. Away. Yeah, exactly. I think that was my big mistake. I think I threw them in with the rice turned around to empty the dishwasher and all of a sudden there was rice everywhere. And I thought, how are people doing this? Are my kids <laughs> the only ones that throw rice and love Absolutely that? Not. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's part of the fun. Yeah. You really yeah. The other thing I love to do and with sensory bins, and I try and show this, the real life side to it, but you have to to prepare yourself with a dustpan, with a dust buster, yes. with a broom. <laughs> and I have her help me clean it up because this is 
part of the experience. So we had a dustbuster and she calls it the little machine and she knows that she can get the little <laughs> machine and she loves it. But that again was things that we did together and I modeled for her. So it became second nature when we do these activities. All right. I'm excited now about sensory bins. I think I can handle it. I think I've got this. I'm a little nervous about the water, but they will love that. I think that that's such a cool idea. What about, what about fitting in academics at home? Uh, A lot of the moms who are listening during the school closure, they're going to have some time where they're going to want the kids to be working on academic tasks. So any tips on how to form a routine that involves kind of those okay, it's your turn to sit down and kind of work on your schoolwork. Uh, Any tips for a routine around that? Absolutely. I think that you can absolutely initialize a school time or a learning activity time. I really enjoy doing that with my daughter either before she goes down for her nap or Mm -hmm. after she goes, after she wakes up from her nap. Uh, I started just utilizing that after nap time as a way to kind of transition from waking up from her nap to doing something that was like a little bit more intense. And Mm -hmm. I would set up learning activities for her to do. If you have children at home that have different assignments that are assigned from school, I think that while they're eating, snacks and lunch are always a motivator. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a calm time where they can sit at the table. If you have multi-aged kids, they can all sit together and do that work together. And then that gives you some quiet time to do that. Breakfast is also a great time to do that. Uh, We do something called a morning basket in the morning where I set up uh, picture books. I set up poetry, nursery rhymes, and really simple activities that either she can do by herself, like puzzles or a simple uh, color sort. And I put it into a morning basket. And when we get up in the morning, even before I make breakfast, we sit and do that morning basket together. So if moms are at home with their kids and they want to do academic work, but maybe they don't want to have such a formal school routine, that morning basket or that morning time could be a really nice ease into your day where you have simple learning activities to do together. I am really excited about that. I like the morning basket. We we do rotate toys, so I'll bring up a new toy, but I haven't ever thought about bringing up a puzzle or something that we could do together quietly in the morning. I like that idea. And the kids are going to love it. Yeah, and it's so funny what a diff like just setting up different books on a coffee table on the floor, all of a sudden that becomes so new and inviting to them. Um, It's definitely exciting. And honestly, the best thing you can do, especially for your toddler moms is talk, read and play. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do something academic with them, read and talk to them and go outside and point out things that you see in the backyard or go on a nature hunt with um, a picture checklist. And just really take the time to talk, play, and read. I was just going to actually talk about going outside because I know you live in you live in the Sunshine State, so it's super warm where you are. But in New York, it's still pretty chilly. But we're starting to get warm enough where we can go outside. So it's basically our only time where we can get out of the house right now and get some entertainment. What should be on our spring outdoor bucket list? What should we do 
We, I like the scavenger hunt idea. What else have you got for me? <laughs> okay. So spring outdoor bucket list. I think that, well, okay, this is going to sound so repetitive, but my, oh, that was my dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> my favorite thing to do is to bring a bucket of water outside with some soap. And if they have any cars that they ride or a bike, it would be a car wash. Um, yeah. We have a little takes car. Wash the, wash the little tykes car, uh, wash your bike, wash your scooter. So that, and then ride your scooter, ride your bike. So it just adds a different element. So a car wash, your nature hunt. We do, um, we take chalk, just like regular old sideway, sideways, sidewalk chalk. And we uh, were hammering it the other day. And then using those uh, chalk pieces mixed with water and you make chalk paint. And so you're just just adding a different element oh, how to fun. sidewalk chalk on the driveway. Um, Love another it. thing we like to do outside is I call it the scooter. It's just the scooter game. I don't know if your kids have scooters or if they have bikes. Oh, yeah. Just do this with running. I take sidewalk chalk and I draw different shapes on the driveway. And then it's kind of like freeze dance, but I play music. And then the kids scoot around in a circle. And uh, when the music stops, I say a shape. I say, okay, scoot to the heart. And then they scoot to the heart with their scooters. Fun. So it's really, yeah, it, that's a fun one. So we do chalk paint, car wash, nature hunt. Um, I bring sensory bins outside all the time. That's smart. Because if there's a mess in the driveway or a mess in the front lawn, there's Nobody, nobody has to clean it up, really. I like that. Yes, <laughs> that's right up my alley. All right, you've got me super motivated to plan for my kids. And I really love the way that you said to do it the night before, get it ready, because then I'm not scrambling to pull this stuff together. I'm going to balance it with my own time, my work time. <laughs> I love the 10 minutes on, 10 minutes off. I'm definitely going to try that. And I think the key to keeping our sanity right now is just having that plan and being okay. And like you said, giving ourselves grace if it goes off course, because it will, but having that plan is what's going to allow us to just keep our heads on straight and get through these long days at home. Absolutely. And I love all the tips you've given us today. So thank you. And I know teachers are going to want to know more and connect with you and get more of these ideas. So how can they, where can they find you and how can they connect? Sure. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm mostly on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Teach Talk Inspire. I share daily activities, uh, videos of us doing these activities at home. I try, especially right now, to offer what our routine at home and how we fill our days and explain that more in depth there. You can also find me on um, my blog at teachtalkinspire.com. Uh, and then you can also find me on Facebook at Teach Talk Inspire. So lots of different places, but definitely on Instagram and on Facebook. And then I try to post uh, at least once a week on my blog as well, just to give you some activity ideas. And then of course, at Teachers Pay Teachers, I am Teach Talk Inspire there. And I have um, a new set of activity packets right now that I'm focusing on for toddlers, two to three-year-olds. That's my main focus right now is each month coming up with different standards-based activities for your two to three-year-olds. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And it's been really fun to do that for my own daughter. So you I can think I saw there. that on there. Is it the seasonal one? It's like a growing. It is. Oh, I it's love I that. It, uh, I definitely need to grab it. Thank you. I call it the learn and play activity packet. And I actually send um, 
a free guide to my newsletter community. So um, you can sign up for my newsletter on Instagram or on my blog. And before each month I send, I kind of act as Pinterest for you. And I send activity ideas and free resources for the next month as well as a guide that has the activities in my activity pack. So it's a companion pack to this free resource guide and they go together. So I send that through my newsletter and then on my Teachers Pay Teachers store. Oh, you'll see me definitely in both places then. That's great. Thank you for your help because I'm telling you what, as a fifth grade teacher, it is hard for me to figure out this this preschool and toddler age, but I am trying and thank goodness for people like you that helped me out. And I want to thank you for being there for all the teacher moms who are adjusting to this work from home life. And we will definitely, I will link to all of that in the show notes so that everybody can find you. So thanks again, Jamie, for being here. So thank you for having me. And I just want to say we're all in this together. Yes. You guys are doing great. We're all doing the best we can. Exactly. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Hey, Teacher Hustle podcast listeners, if you are trying to nail your niche once and for all, if you're trying to really figure out what you are going to show up online and be known for, what is your zone of genius, what is your secret sauce, what are you going to be a thought leader on, what is your passion area, if you need to finally figure this out so that you can get your content strategy really ironed out you need to get signed up for my brand new free email mini course where we are going to finally nail that niche. We're going to do a niche boot camp of sorts and you are going to get a series of emails that walks you through some steps to figuring out this problem, solving this problem once and for all. By the end of the email mini course, you are going to know exactly what is going to make you stand out online. I'll walk you through it step by step, really simple steps. So make sure you go ahead and get registered for this free mini course at www.alissamcdonald.com slash niche. That's N-I-C-H-E. If you want to call it niche, you can. Okay, I hope to see you over there.